This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Off hour two, Sportsnet today. Logan Gordon along with you. Cam and Taylor, outstanding production duo in the other room. On a Calgary Flames game day, Flames and Ducks. Seven o'clock puck drop on Friday night. Six o'clock Flames warm up with the one and only Pat Steinberg. He'll be joined by Peter Labardius and Lou and Derek call the Flames and Ducks from the Scotiabank Saddledome. Second uh, matchup of the year between these two teams. Calgary picked up a 3-2 overtime victory back in December. They have a trip to Anaheim still to come in March, and the Ducks will be back in Calgary early on in April. Anaheim firmly in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. 51 points in 65 games so far for Anaheim. They hold a league worst, league worst, minus 100 goal differential. Oh, that's pretty bad. That's not good. I don't know much about stats, but minus 100 does not sound good. It's not. Pretty good in golf, but not so much in goal differential. To give you context, the next closest team... And goal differential is the Columbus Blue Jackets. They are minus 72 on the year. So Anaheim, almost 30 goals worse in goal differential than the next team up, and that's the Columbus Blue Jackets. Not good. But for the Flames, you don't worry about your own business tonight. Looking to pick up a three-game winning streak. And put some pressure on the Winnipeg Jets when it comes to that final wild card spot in the West. We'll get you some Flames game day audio following morning skate today. Uh, so assistant coach Ryan Huska, Nazem Kadri, and Dylan Dubé all on tap for you. Uh, before we get there, though, you know, just a quick comment on the game tonight before we we hear from those gentlemen. This is a, an important one for Calgary. That's pretty basic at this time of year. That the points matter a lot but I think you can undo a lot of good work that you've put in these last two games. And there's a lot that goes on to this because they've played down to some opponents. They've had bad home games at different times this year. Don't let that slip back into your game tonight. There's no reason you shouldn't beat Anaheim, but there's also no reason given how your season's gone that you should underestimate Anaheim either and think that this is a guaranteed two points for your group. It's been a problem before. Let's hope it's not a problem tonight. We'll have to wait and see. They'll have a big game coming up against Ottawa on Sunday. And we'll, uh, we'll cross that bridge following tonight's game. Assistant coach Ryan Huska handling media duties today uh, in place of Daryl Sutter. He spoke to the media following Calgary's morning skate and their matchup against the Anaheim Ducks. 
Coach, what, what's changed in terms of, you know, when last Lance fans saw you, you lost five in a row. Now you've finally got the results. What's changed? Uh, I know that's lots changed for the fan base and the media, but what's changed in the mindset of the team? Honestly, not too much. Um, they've approached just about every day the same way, which is a good thing about our group. I, I think what's happened over the last couple games on the road is we played a simpler style of game. Um, I think Jacob was at his very best over the course of those two games for sure, and we found a way to score the timely goal. And we, you think about what we've talked a lot about this year is that save that goal. Well, those two games we got it. Um, whether there's a good break going in our favor, whatever the case may be, we found a way to get those wins, and now it's up to us to make sure we build off that. Simpler on the road, is that now the goal to play simpler at home? I, I think it should be that goal every night. Um, you should put the same game on the ice no matter where you're playing. And, and for our players, they have a good understanding of, of what they need to look like to have success. And if you want to call it road hockey, sure. But that needs to be the same that we play here tonight. Has anything been done uh, on your part or the rest of the coaching staff's part with the players' confidence levels? It seemed as if when they were going through that losing streak, at least from our vantage point, it seemed as if they were as down as we had seen them all year, and it's clearly changed in the last two games. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's The confidence is a tough word. I mean, these guys are professional players, and it's their job to come and play every night. And that, when you talk about confidence, again, it's earned. Um, and I think when you see them down, it's them not being happy with themselves or what they put on the ice. But I, I don't really... Correlate it necessarily to a player's confidence level. Fans. It's them being unhappy with maybe how they performed as an individual and as a group. Um, and of course, when you start winning a few games, you, the mood changes a little bit for sure. It's a lot more fun to win than it is uh, not to win. So, as I mentioned, tonight's a, a game that I think our guys are excited about and they're looking forward to playing here at home. What have you seen uh, out of uh, Troy early on with a small sample size? Uh, he's quick. Uh, his footwork is, is really good. He stays up in the play a lot. Um, a good stick. And when we talk about our defense, we want them to play with tight gaps. And he's done a good job of that so far. So he may be smaller in size, but very competitive. So you love that about him where he'll go and close quickly on a defender. Um, he may bounce off, whatever the case may be, but he goes right back at him. So he doesn't give a lot of time and space to the guys he's playing against. So he's been competitive for us, and I think for his first three games, I think he's done a real good job. Dylan Dubé sort of put on that fourth line. Naturally, I, I viewed it as almost a demotion, but we just talked to him, and he talked about the opportunity of playing center and, and how he can contribute in that role. What did you guys think he, he could bring to that to that spot? Well, a lot of the game now, you you see the speed that comes from underneath. When you look at all the top players in the league, when, and the guy up north or McKinnon in Colorado, they bring the speed from underneath, but they can really skate. And when you look at Dylan, he's probably our, our best skater. So if we can find a way to get him to use his speed a little bit more, um, that's something that we want to do for sure. And and with Dylan, there is no bad day with Dylan. Uh, you probably know that about him for sure, uh, where he will do whatever he has to do or put in any position that the team asks him to be in if it helps them win or if it helps us win. So he's just a, a good character person, good, good character player for us. Ryan, what can you say about Jacob's play of late? He's been great. I mean, they, that's what I mentioned earlier. The, these last two games on the road, you saw a lot of Jacob that um, we've grown used to seeing. He's a very good goaltender, and, and he'd be the first to tell you. It's his job to make saves. Just like the players, they have to come to play all the time. Um, and when he doesn't make saves that he, think he thinks he should make, he's not happy with himself. He wears his heart on his sleeve a lot of times, um, but he is an elite goaltender and was a huge reason why we got those two points. And um, we'll need both of our guys to continue to play as well as he did this weekend. What are your thoughts on, on how Mackenzie Weger has 
played this season, and, and we know about his offense, but specifically about his defensive uh, play this year. When you look at analytics with McKenzie, he always is he's way up there with his disrupts, if you want to call it that. Um, we stick on puck, whatever you want to call it. He's very good in regards to showing up near the top of the league for defensemen analytically. Um, I think McKenzie has done a, a really good job of um, making sure that his game has continued to get better over the course of the years. Yes, there's been some ups and downs for him, getting used to a new team and the way he has to play. But over the last little while, especially since paired with Ross, I think his game has taken off. Um, whether it's correlated to a little bit more ice time, increased role, he's feeling good about where he's at. And I, I feel like um, he, he's starting to believe that he can be a contributor that you know he, he knows he's been in the past. So he's been very good for us lately as well. When you see Jacob Pelletier patting guys on the head and giving more encouragement on the bench, yeah, he's infectious. I think I've I've seen some of the comments from some of the players about having him around. Um, he brings a positive energy to the group, and sometimes when you look at our team, there's a lot of our players they have kids now, so you go through different. Um, stages I guess in the maturity of your team and we have a lot of our players that are parents and dads and when you see a younger guy like Jacob come in with that infectious energy it's good for them it puts a smile on their face and makes them laugh a little bit uh, and I think he's finding a way to bring out the best in the guys he's playing with. How rare is that for a guy that's got 20 NHL games under his belt? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's rare it's the way he is I mean, he's not coming up to change things. I know early on he mentioned that he, he didn't want to overstep his boundary a little bit, but it's just him. It's the way he is. So whether he's playing an American League game or playing in the NHL, he, he likes to bring that energy and, and try to make sure he's in a position where he's playing the right way to allow him to be that way around his teammates. The Flames will see the Ducks more than any other team between yeah. now and the end of the regular season. What challenges uh, does that young team present? A lot of skill. I mean, that's one thing. Um, they do a, a really good job of, of protecting the front of their net. They stay tight, and if you're not willing to try to fight your way into it, it makes it difficult for your guys. And then they have the guys that are capable of stretching the zone out, and they are very good one-on-one -on -one players. So we have to make sure we're committed to being really good one-on-one -on -one tonight. And then a big thing, we're assuming we're getting um, uh, Gibson in net. So uh, we have to do a job. He's been really good lately. His record's been good. Safe percentage is way up there, so we have to make sure we make it a real difficult night on him. From our vantage point, it looks like Jacob in the net is calmer. He's He looks like he's not overcommitting or anything. Do you see that on the bench, like a guy that just looks more relaxed? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in him, so when I look at him a, a lot of times, I, I don't see much difference with goalies, to be honest with you, but he... Um, it, when he's on, there's a swagger to him, and the the puck looks really big. You can say that with him. So I, I feel like he's in that mode right now. There you go, assistant coach Ryan Huska speaking to the media today in place of uh, Daryl Sutter. The Calgary Flames looking with the good, looking to go with the same lineup. Excuse me, that they've had the last two wins, uh, which means Dylan Dubé playing fourth line center in between Milan Lucic and Trevor Lewis, Nick Ritchie on that line with Nazem Kadri and Jonathan Huberto. Lots of talk about Dylan's role in there. And, you know, until something goes wrong for this current group of uh, Flames forwards, if it's not broke, you're not going to try to fix it if you're the coaching staff. Uh, one of those guys that talked about a lot there, Dylan Dubé, uh, his new role in the lineup and uh, how he's embracing that challenge. That was uh, a big topic for him when he went with the media uh, ahead of today's matchup against the Ducks. This group can ill afford to take its foot off the gas. Safe to say that these are must-win games, not only the two that you have, but going forward here. These are opponents that you can ill afford a, a trap game against. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's really important for us. I think we need to take care of our 
home record here and, and get back on track. I think uh, you know you can build momentum off those games, but you kind of have to put them aside because it's a whole different animal for us tonight and trying to uh, to get two points on home ice, and that's important. We need to you know secure the rest of the home games uh, this year. It's important for us. When you're in this desperation mode, can it almost be like a new season for this group? You almost erase what's happened, and you're more present than ever. For sure, I think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of commitment from guys too coming to the rink every day, knowing that, um, you know, a lot on the line every game, every shift. So it's, uh, it's important that, you know, we bring it every single night, and you know, it's a good opportunity for us to, to get those two games and win at home here. I think that'll be a huge, uh, huge boost for our team. So we need to come out strong tonight. You keep talking about home, and it hasn't been uh, the most successful place to play. So. In that, knowing that, what has to change now here at home? I know you've said it throughout the season, but now that you're here, how can you kind of make sure that that happens? Uh, play the the way we did the last two games here tonight will be the big key. I think those two games are very complete games by our group. Dylan, we've seen you sort of playing with new line mates uh, for a little while here now. Uh, how does what you try to contribute change in that sort of new role? I just think that's why I need to be uh, responsible. Um, 200 foot game there. I think when you go to center, it's uh, it's a lot more responsibility. I'm trying to carry that and and uh, you know help the help those two guys I'm playing with to you know create offensive offensive success. And I know a lot of the offense will come from me being good in the D zone, being the low guy, and and uh, you know making those hard plays to get it out. So I think I'm trying to bear down and uh, keep the puck out of our net. Dylan, I'm just curious, when, when you get presented in a year where you've played so well with a different kind of role and responsibility, how does it kind of get presented to you in terms of, hey, we need you to do this instead of this because? No, it's exciting. I think it's good. I'm, uh, you know, to play center, it's, uh, it's fun. It's, a, it's uh it's not easy going to center. It's hard. It's uh, my lungs hurt pretty bad the first game. There's a lot of, like there's a lot more skating and a lot more battling in your end in the corners, and then to get back up to the ice to support these guys. So it's a fun challenge. It's uh, try to push yourself because you want to you want to fit in that spot and help those guys. I want to win faceoffs for them, get the puck out of our end, and um, you know I don't want to you know waste I didn't want to waste those two three games trying to get used to center it's that challenge of that first shift of being ready to go and helping them so it's uh you know it's a felt good the first two games just need to build off that did they, did they feel like you you could add more speed down the middle of the ice I'm not, there? I'm not too sure to be honest I think uh I think for me it's just helping out those two guys and and they're going to help me out they're two veteran guys I've had a lot of conversation with them uh, those last two games, of especially with Lou, um, you know, deciding wh- who goes low, who goes low, faceoffs. Um, it's a, uh, it's a challenge uh, getting back into it, and to have a veteran guy like that who was playing center for most of the year has been helping me out a lot, and that makes it easier for me. Have you played on every line this year? Uh, I, I'm not too sure. I kind of <laughs> like that though. <laughs> I, I go rover for some guys. You, uh, you go out there. So yeah, no, it's good. I think when you, you know. You know, creates chemistry with most of the guys when you're playing with everyone, so it's exciting. What does it do for a team to finally get the results? Because I think you felt good about your game for the most part during that losing skid. To finally get the results and get a lucky break, even maybe. Uh, yeah, I think. Well, I, I don't know if it's lucky break. I think that's uh, what it takes to win uh, 
in the game today now I think to bear down right to the end uh, with Toff stepping up and scoring that well both goals and um, you know we needed that we needed uh, our team to step up and Toff gets that goal and they're huge so we needed that uh, in those tight games and for guys to start doing it now I think it, it creates a lot of um, you know a lot of exciting that emotion from guys every day that this is uh, you know we're in this we can do it so it's exciting to see that you know, top step up and help us get those wins because it brings a lot of emotion to the rink and, you know, some positive energy. Dylan, what, uh, what can you say about Jacobs' play the past couple of games? Uh, yeah, he's been awesome. Uh, go, go back to the homestand we had here. He was awesome. He was our best player. So he's been our best player for um, five or so games now. And um, it's nice that we got the he get the win for him because he kept us in those games. And that, that shootout game, he looked, uh, looked loose. He looked calm. He was great. So it... Uh, huge for us to to see that and, and huge for him we're all excited for him and now we kind of rally around him and we know he's going to keep bringing his game what does it say it's about a team when the guy that they mob after the shootout is the goalie it looked like there was some real emotion there when you guys embraced him yeah he battled they had uh you know they had some good chances throughout that game and when it's a shootout you don't you don't make it that far um if he's not standing on his head so that was a huge thing and um he kept this uh, yeah we say that a lot but he kept us in it with the shootout so yeah it was uh it was really important for him to you know or sorry for us to get that win and he was the guy that we got uh, got the job done it looks like you guys had fun on this road trip like Pelche was lifting up Lindy uh, you had the rally helmets going on is there something to be said for keeping it light during such a serious time yeah I think so I think it uh you know loosened guys up I looked down the bench and I saw Weeks with his helmet on backwards and <laughs> I loosened up. I started laughing quite a bit. Um, and then you're like, oh, I'm in a shootout right now. So I think when guys are going to shoot, uh, have that little bit of calming feeling of even just a simple thing from weeks doing that, I think it can settle down a group and that, emo- that, uh, that uh, you know, fun times uh, goes a long way for sure. What's been Pelche's role in that? Because you could probably run a three- or four-minute clip of him celebrating <laughs> his goals, his teammates' goals, encouragement on the bench, patting guys on the head. What's it like to see a, a, a rookie with 20-some-odd games under his belt doing that? That's awesome. I think that emotion, it, it's uh, contagious. You feel it. You hear him. He's a presence in the room for sure. So um, yeah, it's exciting to see that. I, um, You know, obviously, like, even a young guy, you can learn from him and that, that excitement that he brings, that energy. It, uh you know, brings the group a, a lot of energy. So I think it's, uh, you know, a lot of, it's really good for a lot of guys in this room to, to have him in here. There you go, Dylan Dubé skating on the line once again with Milan Lucic and Trevor Lewis as they go into tonight's game against the Anaheim Ducks. Quick reminder, 6 p.m. Flames warm up with Pat Steinberg and Pete Labardi. It's 7 o'clock, Derek Wills and Lou call the Flames and the Ducks right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. One more piece of business to take care of on Sportsnet today, and that's a look at the opposition. We do that next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Wrapping up the hour here on Sportsnet Today, Logan Gordon along with you, Flames game day, Flames and Ducks for the second time this season. They still have two more meetings to go after tonight. Flames will travel to Anaheim later this month, and the Ducks will be back in town early on in April. So get used to seeing the Pacific Division rivals meeting up once again. 
But uh, focus on tonight's game for the Calgary Flames. Find a way to extend this winning streak to three games. Tough Anaheim team coming in. John Gibson's been good of late. This isn't a team that's uh, a pushover on the other side. Flames have had uh, trouble against the Ducks for a while in Anaheim. That streak's been behind them, but now uh, just focused on tonight and to help us take a look at the Anaheim Ducks. The opponent tonight for the Calgary Flames, our look at the opposition. Uh, we get on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon and welcome in Alexis Downey, host and content producer for Duck Stream with the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, Alexis, thanks so much for doing this today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, no, thanks for the time. Really do appreciate it. Uh, I know it's always a, a hard year when you're rebuilding and you're uh, at this point in the season, the playoffs seem so far off, but just sort of give me a sense of the year so far for this Anaheim Ducks team. Yeah, it's certainly been a roller coaster of emotions, I would say. I mean, I think everyone, including the fans, knew coming into the season that it wasn't going to be an easy one. And certainly, especially that first half of the season into the month of December, it was very difficult. But I think as of late, it's kind of been a renewed sense of energy in the locker room as a whole. And um, now that we're past the trade deadline and all the nerves with that, the team's just looking to finish out the rest of the season and, uh, you know, continue to get better in some areas. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those ones, especially when you're a non-contending team, you know the trade deadline's coming up and the Ducks make a handful of moves. Probably the biggest one is moving out John Klingberg to the Minnesota Wild. I don't think anyone was too surprised about that, Alexis. It seemed like a, a move that was coming way back even when John signed in the offseason. This was a possibility. Yeah, it definitely was, I, and the team knew that as well coming in. It was almost like a, a trial year to see how he would fit in with the Ducks and, um, you know, obviously wasn't exactly what we had thought or maybe hoped for to see from him. I think it took him a while to get settled and get more comfortable in his role, and uh, ultimately it just worked out that he is heading to a team that he could potentially have some playoff hopes with, and um, the Ducks look to continue acquiring their assets for the future. One thing I don't know if we've talked about enough this year, maybe outside of Anaheim, it hasn't been talked about enough. The injuries for this team have been a major problem. And obviously going back to not having Jamie Drysdale for as long, but you know, you lose guys like Adam Henrique at different times. Injuries have hurt this Ducks team a lot this season. Yeah, they certainly have. Losing Jamie in the very beginning of the season was a big blow for the team. And then it's just been so up and down guys coming in and out of the lineup. And I think that's what's made it a little difficult at times is just guys trying to get more comfortable because of all the lineup changes so often. Um, but certainly, yeah, the recent loss of Adam Henrique was, was difficult because he was playing so well for the team scoring a lot of goals too. So it certainly has been something that has definitely been a factor in the duck season. How has it been for a guy like Dallas Aikens having to adjust and adapt his lineup to the constant changes for his group? Yeah, I think Coach Aikens has really handled everything so professional this season. Um, he's really open with the media in terms of he knows where the team is at. He knew it was going to be a struggle this year. But one thing that he does always mention is just how positive the team is with their mindset every day. They take every day, day by day. They don't look ahead. And um, I think he has that same mindset too. Um, he's, he's truly one of the most intellectual coaches that I have ever worked with. And um, I, I think he's had the best attitude that he possibly could with this season. 
So obviously we talked about it's been a down year for the Ducks, rebuilding and trying to take that next step forward. When you look at some of the young guys on this team, who have taken that step in your mind early? I know we still got about 20 games to go, and it's it might be a little early to mm-hmm. put a finality on that. But when you look at this team and, and think who's taken a step this year, who would you point to? For me, it's been Mason McTavish. Honestly, he has impressed me so much throughout the season. I mean, for as young as he is, I just feel like he's gotten well ahead this year, too. I mean, he's always the first one on the ice, always the last one off the ice. Just really a hockey guy working hard day in and day out. Um, Just his impressive one-timer on the power play that he practices so much, and we've seen it in a lot of games scoring from – that area on the ice. And uh, I, I think just his maturity too, has also been something that's been really prevalent this season. He's coming more into himself and he's a bigger, stronger guy now as he's gotten a little bit older. And I think, you know, he's getting all this experience in this first year. Um, and also it kind of shows in his points too, right now, since he's just behind Maddie Veneers in that end. Uh, curious your take on two ducks that came in uh, on the off season, having their first year with the team. And I, I think it was a, a prudent piece of business by the ducks to go out and add a couple veterans to what was a really young group. Uh, the two guys I'm talking about, of course, Ryan Strom and Frank Vitrano. Uh, year one in Anaheim, Alexis, how would you look at their season so far? Yeah, I think for Ryan Strom in particular, he has, kind of come into a bigger role than he might have expected. I mean, he's playing, uh, you know, on on that um, top line with Trevor Zegers, and now it's Brock McGinn that's paired with them. But I, I think Strom has had kind of some ups and downs, but he's been pretty solid in learning that he does have a bigger role in the Ducks organization. He does have a longer contract, so maybe something he kind of knew and was hoping to – continue to show himself throughout the season. And uh, for Frank Vitrano, I mean, uh, he, he's been a little bit up and down too as well. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure he's been quite as steady as Strom at points, but he does take a lot of shots, I believe almost the most on the team. So on that end, it's good to have that offensive presence. And um, I think that it's, it's just been an overall year of, of what, what is to come for the ducks. It's interesting to see, how everyone's kind of fit into different roles. And um, for those two, I I think that they're finding themselves and they've been pretty vocal in the locker room too, both of them. So that's been nice to see too on the leadership end. He's the guy that I think a lot of people associate with this franchise now. He's had some highlight real goals. He scored another one the other night against Seattle that just blows your mind every time you watch it. Uh, Trevor Zegras continues to impress and, uh, has had another good year for the Ducks, 55 points in 65 games. What would you uh, look at and say his season's been so far uh, for Anaheim? Yeah, I think Z has played uh, some really good hockey this year. Offensively, obviously, we keep seeing his skill set is just really high. But uh, I, I think he started to work on his defensive game because he knows that's an area that he needs to continue to improve on, including his size as well, too. I know that's something that general manager Pat Verbeek had mentioned recently um, when speaking. And I I think overall, Zia's had some frustrations because he does have a lot of penalty minutes this year. And he knows that, you know, he's not a, he's not a rookie in the league anymore. So guys are going to look at him a little bit differently. Um, So I I think that Z's done a lot of learning in this, 
in this season. And obviously great to have him continue to put up those offensive numbers um, as the Ducks need it. But it has been certainly overall a very big learning year, I would say, for Z. How much of the conversation around him is uh, about getting him signed to a long-term contract this offseason? That was something that Verbeek had made clear that it wasn't something that they wanted to prioritize in season and that they were, the organization was going to look to um, in the future. And I, I would agree that that hasn't necessarily been something I've been hearing much about. Um, but as we are getting closer to the end of the season, I'm sure that will pick up, uh, you know, once we get to April and into the off season. I know losing is never fun, but when you get to this point in the season, you get to, you know, get to the advantage point of saying, hey, let's look ahead to the offseason and see what it might be. I'm curious, Alexis, is there a, a feeling in Anaheim? Is there an excitement about a potential, you know, hey, we could wind up with Connor Bedard? Is that sort of playing into it or is it more still dealing with uh, what's been a difficult season for Anaheim as a whole? Well, I think everyone knows that it would be an incredible you know, franchise changing moment to have the potential to have Connor Bedard here in Anaheim. But I think right now the team is doing a good job of just focusing on every game as, you know, as we finish out the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. And in this month of March, we have eight home games in general. So it's going to be a long stretch at home for the team and just trying to get through the rest of the games. But certainly there is, there is the knowledge that, the summer could change the entire franchise if that does happen. And um, it's something that everyone's aware of, but I don't think it's something that's weighing on their minds or that they're really thinking about right now. Uh, the good and the bad this season for Anaheim. I'm curious if there's been something that stood out for you in a positive or a negative way that maybe you weren't expecting heading into this year. Well, I think that there's, well, this is my first year with the Ducks in general mm-hmm. and having duck streams. So it's been, it's been a learning year for me <laughs> too. Um, one of the things that I think has been really awesome to see is just being acquainted into the Ducks culture and getting to, uh, you know, get to know a lot of the players as, uh, as hockey players and then off the ice too. And that's one of the things I feel like that I've really noticed about the team is they are a close group of guys um you know they didn't take the trade deadline lightly seeing Dmitry Kulikov and John Klingberg go and knowing that there could have been more changes um but I think that it's not always often that you can walk in a locker room and just feel comfortable all the time um but the the team in in the Ducks I feel like is a a closer-knit group and it's a lot of obviously younger guys mixed with some veteran presence so that's been interesting to see how some of those older guys take the younger ones under their wings. I know for an example, John Gibson did that with Lukas Joe Stahl. I saw them talking in the locker room after uh, a previous home game a couple weeks ago. And it, it was just really nice to see that kind of, uh, you, you, that kind of help that the younger players might need in some direction from some of those guys that, you know, have been in the NHL for a number of years. I always like asking people who cover teams on a daily basis when we do these looks at the opposition, if you could give our listeners and the people who are going to watch the game here in Calgary tonight, one guy on the ducks that maybe we haven't talked about that sort of flies on under the radar on a day-to-day basis, who would you point to Alexis? I think right now for me, it would be Max Jones. Um, okay. He's really come into himself in the last couple games. I've been impressed with him in the last couple of weeks, really. And 
he's gotten an elevated role that he's deserved. He's playing a lot more physical, digging in, and, you know, helping um, out on his line, um, playing well with McTavish and Troy Terry. And I've been impressed with him as of late. So I I would say Max Jones. Uh, A couple more for you. We're going to look at the opposition, the Anaheim Ducks tonight with Alexis Downey from uh, DuckStream, Anaheim Ducks host and content producer. Uh, Talk to me about DuckStream. You mentioned your first year doing this with the Ducks. It seems to be like an all-encompassing everywhere place to go for Ducks fans uh, for all the Ducks content they can possibly get, eh? Yeah, absolutely. It's been an awesome project that we launched back in September. Um, It's basically like a podcast network, 24-7, it's available everywhere. You can just go to our website and listen to it or on the TuneIn app. And then we also play all of our different shows in podcast format, too, so you can listen on that end. But, yeah, we have 10 different shows that we play in addition to our radio broadcast is now a part of the stream that you can listen to. And we have player shows. We have a weekly – or a, it's three days a week uh, NHL show that I host. Um, we have alumni shows a GM show. It's a lot of different content that in a market like Anaheim, I mean, a lot of Ducks fans never had the ability to get all of that team coverage. So that was kind of the goal with DuckStream. And a lot of fans have really fallen in love with it. It's been awesome just launching it and seeing how it's grown over the year. That's really cool. It was just something I had to bring up with you when I was getting ready to to chat with you today and learning about DuckStream. It's not something we have uh, here in Calgary, I've seen different versions of it across the league, but it seemed like a really cool uh, place for Ducks fans to kind of get everything that they need for the team. And uh, as I, again, mm-hmm. as I was getting ready for today, I was curious, how does somebody uh, who goes from Michigan State Journalism School end up in Anaheim doing Duck Stream? How does that happen? <laughs> well, uh, hockey has always been my passion, and uh, I I always wanted to work in the NHL, so Actually, after I graduated from Michigan, I spe- Michigan State, I spent uh, a couple years in Chicago working for a sports network called Stadium, and uh, I built my own NHL digital show there, covering the league as a whole. But knowing that I did want to work for a team, and the opportunity with Anaheim arose last summer, and I've always been open to going wherever wherever it may be. And it worked out that it was sunny California. So now I don't really get the uh, winter weather anymore that I was used to. So uh, it, it's been quite a whole life change for me. So I wonder if that answer would be the same if say like the Edmonton Oilers came calling, would it have been the same? <laughs> hey, I'm open to anywhere, anywhere that you can go that I'll get hockey. I'm going to jump on board. Cause it's pretty easy to say yes to going to Anaheim Alexis. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right about that. Um, I I don't think I would have said no. Uh, you know, the NHL was always the dream for me, so it just it kind of worked out that it was in a really nice spot to be. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, thanks so much for the time today, Alexis. Really do appreciate it. Uh, you guys are killing it over there with your Ducks content. Thanks for giving us some time on a game day today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Go yeah, Ducks. Take care. Talk to you later, uh, Alexis Downey, joining us down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline. For our look at the opposition today, the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, she's a host and content producer for Duck Stream and the Anaheim Ducks. You can find her on Twitter at Alexis underscore Downey. And yes, uh, Ducks team, not where they want to be in the standings this year. They're in the Connor Bedard conversation, but uh, some of those young pieces that we talked about with her there, whether it's Trevor Zegris, uh, a guy like Mason McTavish, you've got to be aware of this Ducks team who's got some of that young talent coming on. And 
Uh, of course, when you've got a netminder like John Gibson, who, you know, season numbers, not great, but the last couple of weeks have been more like John Gibson-esque numbers. Uh, Flames have a challenge on their hands, and we've talked all year about this team not willing to, uh, or not wanting to play down to the opposition, but having that still happen to them sometimes. Uh, you can't let that happen tonight. Flames look to go for their third straight win. They'll do so, or they'll try to do so tonight against the Anaheim Ducks. Six o'clock, Flames warm up. Seven o'clock, Flames puck drop. Let's take one more trip inside the Flames locker room before we uh, we head things off uh, to uh, the PDO cast this afternoon. Uh, one more person to hear from. It is Nazem Kadri on a Flames game day. He spoke to the media following morning skate at the Saddle Dome. I think it's probably been talked about maybe too much, but I, I guess you can't take the desperation foot off the pedal, can you? Especially against a team like Anaheim. You guys have a little momentum, but it's imperative to keep it going. Is that right now? Of course. I mean, we want to, you know, start uh, catching some fire at home here and taking taking advantage of uh, playing in our building. So, you know, that's what we're looking forward to do tonight. And, you know, of course, in terms of the standings, everybody knows how big these points are, and uh, we're going to be looking for another big game from us. Too much to say it's must-win? Uh, no, no, I think that's pretty fair to say. So, uh, you know, of course, you know, we're kind of in that situation. We've been playing that uh, playoff-type hockey for the last month now, it feels like. So, um, you know, I feel like we'll be uh, we'll be prepared. Can that almost be a, a reset of sorts, uh, being desperate, back against all, all those cliches, but the idea still probably fits that. That can almost be a new season for you. Of course. I think uh, just bring anytime you can bring that uh, sense of urgency and that desperation into into a hockey game and play with that emotion and passion, I think it's uh, you know just a bonus, really. So uh, we're going to be looking for that tonight. And uh, you know against the pesky team, we're going to have to take care of business. How much did that recent road trip of yours that you swept change the script's mentality, if uh, at all? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I feel like we've always had that confidence, but, you know, it just felt like it uh, hadn't been going our way, and it's nice to just see uh, us, you know, pull off a couple uh, emotional wins and, uh, you know, tough buildings to play in against great teams. So, uh, you know, the fact that we're able to do it, I think, speaks volumes of our team. We just, like I said, we just got to find some momentum and just continue to uh, stack points. And what can you say about Markstrom and his play? Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. I mean, that's uh, the marquee that we all know, and, uh, you know, it just takes time for, for any type of player. When you're not on your game, you know, you feel uh, feel responsible. You feel like you're letting everybody down. But, um, you know, it's nice to see us score a few goals to give him some help also. But he's been lights out. How much scoreboard watching have you been doing uh, as these games get more and more important for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we're obviously aware, but try try not to do it too much. You know, you don't want to get too over-consumed with what other people are doing. You, you want to take care of uh, your own team and how you play. And, uh, you know, I think that's uh, the main priority. So, of course, we're kind of in the loop, but, you know, I don't try to watch every single shift or every single period. I kind of just let it play out and try to take care of what we can, can control. What about projections? Like some models might say, like, oh, you guys have like a 42% chance to make the playoffs. What about yeah. those? I think as players, you don't pay attention to that stuff at all really um you know you just try to approach it every single game you try to win you try to win and uh if you win i'm sure those percentages go up and if you lose they go down so uh you know that's just how the statistics work but uh you know for us it's just you know we're we're trying to be uh, on the gas if you're going to uh, rip out three four five in a row what's one thing that is essential to making that happen I think just defending and scoring. I mean, obviously, those are probably the two main components. You know, you score the other team, you're going to win. And 
uh, you got to make it hard on uh, on other teams to score. So, you know, with Marky playing the way he's been playing, I think our defensive details have been a lot better. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're I think we're starting to find the back of the net. So th- these are all good signs. Well, just to go back to the scoreboard watching thing, for the first time in my life, I'll be real, like, suddenly I'm paying attention to Winnipeg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> are, are, are you, you feel the same? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's fair. I mean, they're, they're teams we're chasing, and you're always kind of paying attention. But... I feel like it's important to just not get, you know, overly concerned, consumed about what other teams have to do. I mean, you know, we got to try to control our own destiny here, and that's by winning hockey games. So, uh, you know, of course, you're uh, probably rooting against, you know, the opposing or rooting for the opposing team. Um, but, you know, for us, we, we got to continue to win. What did uh, last season teach you about the mental approach, maybe, of these important games? Well, I think just to get comfortable in uncomfortable situations. I mean, I don't know how many one-goal hockey games we've played in, but, uh, you know, it's we might set a league record this year. I, I don't even know. But, uh, you know, just being in those situations, even though you, you come up with a few losses, understanding how to play and how to manage and, um, you know, just uh, not feeling the pressure as much, just going out and try to take care of business. And, uh, you know, I feel like that's uh, important. Now on a little bit of a different note. You've been on the receiving end of a couple of head pats and encouraging words from Jacob Peltier. Just how energizing is it to see that kind of thing out of a 22-year-old? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, he's, he's young. He definitely, that's uh, one of his responsibilities right now is to bring the energy, and he does a great job at that. Peltz is a great kid, and he's a good player. And, um, you know, he wants uh, wants the team to do well, and that's... Uh, you know that's that's definitely an important component to have, and I think in thinking that way, you're going to have your own, you're going to find your own success too. So uh, yeah, it's good for him. Does anybody love seeing a goal go in, whether it's his or <laughs> teammates more than him? Uh, yeah, probably the fans of Calgary. I bet. I mean, <laughs> that's uh, that'd be fair to say. But you know, Pelt, he's he's exciting. He's a funny kid. He's always got a smile on his face, and you know, I don't know if uh, smiling too much is a is a problem. But you know, certainly Pelt's. Uh, you know, likes to enjoy uh, you know what we got going on here, and you know, I think that's uh, that's definitely a positive sign. You got to tell him to rein it in a little bit, or what? <laughs> <laughs> a yeah, thick. yeah, yeah. I think he's. He, I don't know. Is he getting too comfortable? Uh, we'll, we'll see. Twenty games. I mean, but uh, you know, he, he's he's going to have a lot more under his belt. But you know, as a young player, you want to always come in and bring that energy. But you know, kind of stay in your lane a little bit. But I think he uh, he does a good job at finding that balance. There you go, Flames forward Nazem Kadri. He'll be on a line with Nick Ritchie and Jonathan Huberto as the Flames go for their third straight win tonight against the Anaheim Ducks. That'll do it for Sportsnet today. Thank you to our outstanding production team of Cam and Taylor. Thank you to our guests today, Brad Curl, Peter Labardius, and Alexis Downey. You can get any of those wherever you get your podcasts. Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. We'll be back on a Monday to break down this two-game homestand for the Calgary Flames. Friday night against Anaheim, Sunday night against the Ottawa Senators. Have a great Friday night into the weekend. We'll chat with you again on Monday here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.